0: Memphis, 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 nothing but Memphis. Everywhere we go, it's Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee, the beautiful land in the world. And I'm thankful for this guy who tweeted
1: and said, I don't have that fire in my eyes no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I fool
0: people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there.
1: What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome to Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and Ryan will be with us later on, but we wanted to go ahead and get into the second part of the Hank McDowell interview. If you have not heard the first part of the Hank McDowell, what are you doing? You missed it. Okay, you didn't miss it, but go back, check it out. It was very good. We brought got into a little bit about his playing career and getting drafted, and then the story he gave about... Having a broken foot the night he was drafted—it literally—that's stories that you don't get everywhere. Uh, And he gave that that little bit of a that goodness, the best stories, and so that's what he had, and it was something that you know I won't forget because it was very funny. We we laughed the whole night that uh, we shared this interview. So, uh, but go ahead and check it out now if you haven't. That way you get it brought into it, but. This second part is going to detail a little bit about his broadcasting career, and then we get into some of his uh, his family, but also uh, some stuff about different broadcasters he's he was with, and one in particular, Eric Hasseltine. Uh, I was able to ask the question about that, so you're going to want to hear that. So that's towards the end when Ryan finally gets done asking all these questions, I, it's my turn to go, right? Uh, so I had to give him a little bit of his uh, his nerd questions about basketball and. Uh, commentary, and any kind of broadcasting stuff. So, uh, But but go ahead uh, and check out the first one. If you didn't hear the second one, the second one's coming up now. Enjoy.
2: Now, moving to your broadcast career here, all right? You did 13 years of radio color analysts, whatever they wanted to call you, um, with the Grizzlies. Did you also do that full-time with the Tigers as well? Or was that just... <laughs>
0: It wasn't full-time. I started with the Tigers. Um, okay. Once I uh, actually retired from playing, um, I was at a Tiger basketball game. It was near the end of the season, and Dave Velotion walked up. We were friends, and I just happened to be down there chit-chatting, and, and he looked at me, and he said, you know the radio's opening up, Donya? I said, no. <laughs> no, he goes, you ought to do it. You want to do it? And I was like, uh, sure. Wow. <laughs> sure. Next thing you know, it was on Kicks 106 at that point. Mm. About a week later, I'm getting a call from Kicks 106. You'll get uh, X, X amount of money. You'll get uh, free parking, and you'll get a pregame meal.
2: An and updated water.
0: Monte Carlo. <laughs> <And> I, remember, <laughs> yeah. I, told them, I said, you had me at parking and a free meal. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and yeah. I get paid for this? What? Yeah. I did, I did Tigers. Uh, mostly radio. Then okay. on some TV. It was 13 years.
1: Wow.
0: Uh once, once Tiger basketball with Calipari um, got so good that there were fewer and fewer local games. I did local stuff. So there are fewer and fewer local games on TV because they were all national. Right. And so when that just kind of – drizzled down to almost nothing, you know, 10 games or so. That's when the Grizzlies radio opened up. And at that point I'm going, I don't know that I want to do that many games. And my wife actually, Carol talked me into just meeting with them because I was like, okay, I I don't know that I want to do this, but they explained how they were going to do it. Me splitting it with Elliot Perry and blah, blah, blah. And finally I said, yeah, let's, let's give it a shot. I Mm -hmm. love it. That was the best gig ever.
2: Yeah, you worked with specifically just Eric Castletine the whole time, right?
0: Right. I, it was either me and Eric or Elliot. And, and Eric. And and Elliot and I only crossed over on air once that I really remember, and that was the first time the team ever made it to the playoffs. Mm. It's a little three game something-something, and that was about it. But, um, yeah, that, that that from the moment I met Eric Castletine, I knew it was going to be fun, and uh, and it was for thirteen mm-hmm. years. It it's, uh, it was one of those things that uh, when I uh, decided to retire, it it wasn't the basketball that right. I was crying about. It was the that group, that media group, the back mm-hmm. of the we called ourselves um, that I just missed them so much. Still, still yeah.
2: do. Yeah, yeah. And during that whole run, you kind of had a fortunate window here where you saw them where they were terrible, you know, add the pieces, make those huge runs, you know, Western conference uh, finals and all that stuff. Like at beginning, did you think what in the world have I done? Why am I (laughs) calling this team or is it just (laughs)
0: like (laughs) at at, at that point? No. I mean, early on, this is no lie. We would, (laughs) we would, right into the tunnel of the arena on the bus and we would get off the bus going, well, are we going to get beat by 20 or 30? (laughs) And then for a couple of years, it was kind of like, "Wait, you know, what do you think, 20 or 30? And then then it was like, you know, we're going to lose by 10 or 20 tonight. Hmm. And then it got to the point where, man, if we played good, we could, we could possibly pull this off, and then you'd make that corner. You turn that corner, and that's when it got real. Yeah, I never, I never, you know, it's not. I can't say I didn't care because I did care, especially when stupid plays cause losses on bad teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so to say that it was hard, it was from the standpoint that I, I've seen enough, played enough, know enough. To, to see bad play. Mm. And you're like, how in the world, what in the world, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of pass, who, what is he, you know, that kind of, and yeah. on the air, you, on radio, you have to just tell them what you're seeing, you know, yeah. Yeah. you have to be very descriptive. But when we started turning that corner from 20 to 30 to 10 to 20 to 10 to, I think we can do this. That's when it really just took off. And, you know, before Zebo. It was Conley, you know, you had Powell and all that was good. And and, and Shane Battier, I'll never forget jumping up and down saying we drafted a, a degree. Um, and <laughs> looking at all those pieces that fell into place and Zebo in the press getting murdered here in Memphis, yeah. you know, with with you know, sort of it was due, but not really. Right. Um, before he ever got here, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Many turns out to be a saint in the city of Memphis. But the whole thing, um, getting to where we were, and now you walk into an arena and go, we're going to beat them by 15 points tonight, yeah. unless we goof up. Or, you know, we're walking into uh, L.A., into the Clippers going – Man, if we don't play good tonight, we're going to lose this thing. And, and, you know, when you win on the road, especially places like the Clippers or Portland or Boston or New York or San Antonio then, oh
1: yeah,
2: huge, huge yeah. deal. So my final question, I'll let Daniel take back over, all right? Um, <laughs> in dealing with that travel, did you travel every single away game or did you split that with Elliot Perry as well?
0: At first, the first couple of years, uh, I went on the road. It was just me on the road, and, and Elliot did not. And then I kind of said, hey, we need to figure this out a little better because I have a business right. as well. <laughs> and so, so then we started getting together, and we split it up evenly, or about as evenly as we could. It didn't matter to me. I, I didn't mind going on a few more. I just didn't want to go for 41 of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so we worked it out, and the next thing you know, for several years, Elliot and I would get the schedule, and we just kind of one of us would start. Here, you start, and we here's my first draft, and he'd make changes. Hmm. We'd swap, <laughs> and if and if somebody had something come up, because then I had two boys, and they were in high school or playing basketball and stuff like that, and I said, Elliot, can you can I switch a game with you? Yeah. You know, can you- Get this game and, and you just drop one on me, like, Whatever it is, I'll take it. And And it went on like that for years and it was just a, a, a blast. And Elliot was very, very helpful. He, he had a very young daughter at that point and, you know, probably pre-kindergarten. And and so for him, it was okay. And for me, it allowed me to, to go see Patrick or Jake play, whether it's football or basketball at their schools. Yeah. Well,
1: uh, what city was the first draft pick for you?
0: What city was? It? What do you so mean? So on
1: your uh, the way games, are you going to Houston?
2: Yeah, Northwest? Portland. What, uh, what's your Miami? One? Miami. Like what? You mean my
0: favorite stop?
1: Yeah, like if you're <laughs> like when you're sharing, you're you're getting the schedule. You're like, all right, I know I'm picking Portland. Oh, that my, oh, my, my first city.
0: San Francisco.
1: San Francisco. Okay.
0: Well, we look at road trips, not 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 from a single standpoint, but you're going to look at you know because we're just five game road trips or three game. Right. So that kind of stuff, it's, you know, the one gamers, those are easy. I don't care. I'll take anything. doesn't matter. But you put me in San Francisco with a night off. Like we get there on Wednesday. Let's say we're playing Portland. We get on the plane after that game and we go to San Francisco and the next day is off. And we don't play San Francisco until two days. Yeah. A whole day and a half in San Francisco. We awesome. stay right downtown. Yeah, and you just you just kind of go wandering, man. I'd walk to Chinatown, I'd go to Italy, I'd go. I went all over that place.
1: That's awesome. Or
0: we get up, we'd all jump on the cable. Hey, meet you at five o'clock downstairs. We get on the cable car right there in the square, and take it all the way down to Fisherman's War, and just start there. It was, yeah. it was just that every trip was like that.
1: That's mm. awesome. Yeah, I, I've been to San Francisco on uh, the cable. Uh, a couple of cars, and it was uh, it was awesome. Um, all right, I'm going to spin this a little bit. So in 2019, as we all know, a lot of people uh, it's been detailed a little bit. You had a life changing moment, uh, and so it's been some you know a couple of years, almost two years to the month, the day all, right. uh, all this has happened. Um, it, it was a, a brain surgery for you, and it was uh, very pivotal uh, in, in your life and your family's life. Uh, what since then what's changed is it your outlook you know just your daily living like what's the the number one thing you think that's changed the most since then
0: um, I'm not as busy okay I, I, I had brain bleed and I had emergency wow. surgery and it was September 5th a couple of days ago two years um, didn't know what it was I was having uh, headaches that were kind of like volcanic eruptions in my head. They were just, they'd last 10 or 12 seconds. And uh, Jesus. finally just, you know, I got with my doctor finally and, and went in to see him and I was telling him about the headaches and he didn't seem that concerned, uh, honestly, un- until I said, but you know, Doc, I don't know if this got anything to do with it, but I'm having a slight balance mm. issue. You know, like you'd stand up and lean, or or you'd walk walking through a door, and you might just lean too far and hit. You know, that just yeah. little stuff. And when he said, when I said that, he got boom. He was hold on, I'll be back. Blah blah blah. Emergency CAT scans, uh, all that kind of stuff. And um, I can remember everything about it, and a whole lot of stuff that happened when I was starting to come out of it. Um, but that doctor, I'll never forget that doctor walking into my room. And he said, I've declared an emergency, and if we don't do this now, you're gonna die. Wow. Um, those are the first words out of his mouth. So, like,
2: like what'd you find, doc? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more.
0: Well, uh, but getting getting rid of it and taking care of it, I'm, I was really lucky because the blood was built up on one side of the head, the left side. Wow, and, had a, and it was putting a lot of pressure in it had pushed my brain over to the right and had it gone up and started pushing down, then I would have been in big, 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 big trouble. Um, so anyway, they caught that. Um, let me see, how's it been since then? I remember I was in the hospital. I was still in the uh, intensive care and I looked at Carol and said, I'm ready to slow down. Yeah. We had all had our own business just, you know, for 30 years. Um, uh, coach the kids. Sometimes two basketball teams, you know, during the same season. Doing broadcasting, going to Tiger games. If you're not broadcasting, blah 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 blah. And I just, I just, I looked at her and said, I'm, I'm ready to slow down. Now, I honestly didn't mean to leave the Grizzlies. I mean, that's <laughs> my forever. That was my forever gig. Yeah. But you know, if I were going to retire from somebody, McDowell Marketing would have been the one. But, <laughs> as it turns out, um, I was sitting at home recuperating one day when I realized I'd been involved with basketball for 50 years. Wow. And I, it, it just made the decision so easy. Hmm. Um, not going to lie, I cried when I told Eric, when I told my boss, blah, blah, blah. Told my family first. Um, but when I realized it had been 50 years, I just, it was just done. It was just... Done. yeah i was older. uh i am less busy i uh I, i'm not really i'm sort of semi-retired but not really semi even um i play a little more golf some people say a lot more golf
1: <laughs> i know um, who says that probably <laughs>
0: I'm, 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 uh, we're, we're blessed we, we've got a little house over at pickwick so we go over to, to the lake when we can and uh, the family comes with us uh, we just uh, so it's really slowed down and it's good, um, but the COVID thing really put a damper on it. To be right. honest, with you. yeah. I mean, obviously uh, everybody's health, and um, with me with this, uh, it, it's one of those you just don't know how that disease or that virus uh, might affect me. So yeah. I I pretty much shut down and shut in for a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But other than That's- that. You know, it's all good. The sun came out this morning, and it was a beautiful day. Absolutely. And, um, we're just ready to go. I'm ready to see some tiger basketball and some grizzlies, and and actually tiger football. I think we're going to yeah. go to Jonesboro this weekend. Y'all, <laughs> That's
1: What's awesome. It? Come on.
0: We'll just, take tuck- a, <laughs>
1: we'll just take the team bus up. You know, we'll just hang out. I'll caravan. make sure
2: I. I'll make sure I tuck my shirt in. <laughs> <laughs> different setting.
0: This is different True. Setting.
1: True. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, as Ernie Johnson says, those Blackberry moments, uh, I, I think that's what you're, you're kind of on. So uh two more questions and we'll get you out of here. What's up? Everybody talks about uh Pete Pranica, Brevin Knight, probably two of the best in TV. Uh, we, we honestly, we're so lucky here in Memphis to get them, but somebody who I want to just kind of ask you one question. It's about Eric Castletime. What makes him so special? Because I think he is the best radio guy. If not, he's definitely way up there in the top for me.
0: Let's put it this way: <clears throat> um, you, you know, from Memphis, I worked with Willows and Greg Gaskin. My first radio play-by-play, Paul Hartle's for the Tigers. He was good. Yeah. He was a homer, but he but he was really good. Um, Eric Hasseltime. The way he calls a game, you can close your eyes and see exactly what he's talking about. And that's the best compliment anybody can ever give radio people. It's just, yeah. you know, driving down the road. And if you watch the game while listening to it on the radio, another watch the game with, without a TV, and you see everything that's going on, that's just a huge compliment. And Eric is so spot on. I don't know how he gets some of those last names out um, and he, and he does it instantaneously. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, and he, he's so good at, at that. That was the thing, the part that I've heard other NBA broadcasters, I've, I've heard them on the air sitting right there with them, things like that. I've never heard anybody as good as Eric from a detail standpoint. Yeah. He knows the game. There's no doubt he knows the game and he thinks he can play the game um, <laughs> but he really can't um, but from that standpoint you know when you when you listen to him, you know that that pass that just went over to Marsol just arrived at Marsol not two or three seconds ago not a, a second ago split second it's there. If he says it it's there. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing to
1: me. Yeah. He's so good. Um, I, some I honestly, if at one point I didn't have what at Fox sports, when they changed over to Bally sports and I would turn the radio on and I enjoyed listening to Eric again, because you know, you hear him in the car, if you're driving, and that's a guarantee, but you usually catch, you know, Pete and, and Brevin and they're, they're so amazing. And we're so lucky as Grizzlies fans that we get, good announcing and, and a plus announcing whether you're watching on TV or on the radio. So I will sometimes just listen to him because I, I love Eric. I love his excitement. He he's genuine. And that's really what it means to me is what he is. So.
0: Well, I um, mean, he is. And like I said, on radio, uh, we can't hide anything we, right. we have to tell you, you know, doggone it, man. Zebo just kicked the ball in the stands. You can't <laughs> sugarcoat it. I mean, you know, it's what he did, but when when you look at some – and we'll say if it was a dumb pass or ill-advised yeah. pass or, you know, he didn't box out. I, that was my pet peeve in watching the game because while Eric's talking, you know, I don't have to look at him. He's in my headset, and I don't have to watch the ball because I'm listening to him, so I've watched the other players. Mm. I hardly ever watch the ball – while Eric was talking, I'd see who's boxing out, who lost, who lost their man, who didn't help on defense. Who I saw all of that because yeah. I was listening to him.
2: That's crazy. Did you ever That's have awesome. a player get upset with you for what you said on a play on a uh, no. call?
0: I mean, they they'd have to. Somebody would have to tell them. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. It, it, we never said anything horrible. Don't yeah. get me wrong, <laughs> but. But if you go back and and look at what we said and you're watching it on video, they got to say, you got me.
2: Yeah. I didn't
0: blow it out. I, you know, I, I mean, it, it was just, yeah, we're, we're not there to murder anybody. But at the same time, truth hurts.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so you never recommended that they should cut Bonzi Wells. That was never anything you said online. Nothing. <laughs>
0: Well. <laughs> we did there were moments when he'd say that rest is well deserved
1: <laughs> that's awesome all right well let's get in, let's get into the last one i know your uh your time is precious uh the last question and this is really about memphis and the city um what's the secret sauce because the grizzlies and the city of memphis is tied in so well what is the secret sauce that just makes it this team so special to the city? Like, what is it? Like, is it, is it the fans? Is it, is it the team? Like what, what is exactly the secret sauce here?
0: I, I, I think the organization okay. uh, inside media have really done a good job of promoting the players. And especially as we started pulling in, you know, the grandfather and Mark and Zebo and Rudy Gay, and you're, you're putting this, this crew together And and honestly, when you look at how that team was, the grit and grind, the the blue collar, hard work. I mean, those teams, when we started getting better, were built off of desire, hard work, wanting it worse than the other guy. I mean, those teams weren't just like, you know, all of a sudden somebody became a player. Somebody who was a player, over here fit this piece to this puzzle so well. Okay. But for me, it, it's – it's. I hate to use it again, but the grit and grind. I mean, it was that. It was that mentality, that all-first-team defensive <laughs> thought process that Tony brought and Zebo and his scowls and, mm-hmm. and Mark, you know, when he got mad and when he did the, the Connor walk. Um, <laughs> you know, Mike Conley never said a word. Mike Conley was the only guy. You know, if we won a big game, he get excited. But referees and no calls, referees and bad calls. Mike Conley was level headed the entire time um, until we started winning big games. And then he let it go a little bit. But yeah. uh, the sauce, it's got to be the hard work. It's got to be yeah. that. Memphis appreciates that.
1: I think that, it, and, and I asked the question, I was thinking, I was like, I don't know what it is, as I was thinking today, uh, because, you know, the city is the city, right? We we back our guys, and we're very loyal. The, the team, it seems like they're a good group of guys, and I really do think the answer that you gave the organization, because bringing somebody in like zebo, who was who's fit the city perfectly, Tony Allen would never have been the grandfather anywhere else, and so I, yep. I think that... I think that is spot on. Um, so you you gave yeah. me a better answer than I could come up with myself, and I knew the question.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, there's only, so way, there's only so many ways we can make barbecue in the city. You know, we got 18,000 restaurants to eat barbecue, but you only got one Grizzlies team, and it's kind of like the Tigers. I mean, you know, the Tigers are in the, the fabric of the city, and the Grizzlies are now. Yeah, And you're going to support them. But if they if they win, if they play hard, I mean, right. if we play hard, and and you make a mistake playing hard, man, we'll forgive you. Right. But you know, stupid plays are stupid plays. Yeah. You will get yep. booed for that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Hank, we have absolutely loved it. I, I know. Uh, just speaking for Ryan as well, this is uh, this is a thrill. I know we're. I know you off of the of the Zoom, <laughs> and I know you off the podcast. Uh, and, but you're a joy. Uh, you're one of my favorite people to see when I get to, uh, when I get a chance to see you, talk to you. Uh, so thank you for coming on here,
0: man. I appreciate it. I know we've tried a couple of times, but I'm, I'm glad to finally be here. And maybe next year at the golf tournament, I'll get on the inside of the ropes.
1: <laughs> yeah. The only guy that is what almost seven foot standing on the other side of the ropes, not being in the golf uh, hey man, tournament. free
0: parking and free tickets, man. I the thing. <laughs> no
1: tickets yeah i'm like who is that big tall guy over? oh that's hank <laughs> hello hank <laughs> who's
0: that with
1: patrick <laughs> yeah. all right well hank i appreciate it thank you for everything uh you blessed us with your time
2: and everybody's gonna love this so uh
1: so i appreciate it
0: man no no problem i appreciate it ryan good to talk to you
2: it was awesome <laughs> truly a pleasure i have a billion more questions but daniel told me no i'm oh, texting whatever. i'm like stop
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll sit around and have a couple of beers and talk about it
1: yeah, uh, i love man. it that's, that's Can't wait. all right ryan how did you really enjoy hank mcdowell as you can see now he is one of the nicest humans in the entire world and memphis wherever but as you can tell you've not ever met him except now through zoom no. I think you, now, I think yes. you realize uh, now how just how good of a dude he is. So, uh, what's your thoughts on the interview and Hank himself? Yes. So,
2: like I said in the first one, a very patient man who <laughs> was very understanding and was able to take my poorly worded and crafted questions and just run with them. So you can see why he had such a long illustrious career on radio and television because <laughs> he just has that ability to. Keep things going, you know, right. and be able to fill in the stories from all of his rich experiences. So, yeah, I, of course, we your thoughts or prayers are with him as he's going through, you know, the unfortunate medical side of things, which caused him to walk away. But he seems to be doing OK and to be enjoying life. So it was just great to be able to sit and chat with him for a little while for the time yeah. that he gave us, which was very fortunate that he gave it to us.
1: Yeah, he gave us a long time, and I was, uh, I was excited to get a chance to sit down. I know that I know him personally, and that's okay. Uh, I, I've been asking him probably for a while now to kind of come on, and I thought debuting Grizz 901 was only the right time. Uh, and so finally, he, uh, he blessed us with that. So we thank him for that. Um, we'll repay him and many brewskis on a, on a later date. Uh, but he, uh, <laughs> I, he, he very much just kind of just talked through everything. And I, and I think he was very insightful for a lot of things. And I was glad I was able to ask a question about Eric Hasseltine because I love Eric uh, as an announcer. As, you know, the dude, he, he just, he, he makes, you know, radio magical uh, and, and really just does a good job of it. And I think that Hank being next to him so long he gave us a little bit more of insight and it's crazy how much of a bond that those two dudes really do have. But uh, that was probably my favorite moment of either part of the interview. The interview as a whole uh, was that because it allowed us to kind of hear a little bit more about him, but, uh, but that's enough about the interview. Uh, if you didn't have a, a chance to hear part one, go back, check it out. It's just as good. So if you heard part two, go check out part one. Um, it, you know, we will not be mad. If you go ahead and pause, go back, stop, collaborate listen no uh, but yeah uh if you, if you did yeah yeah drop it like it's not <laughs> uh but yeah uh go check it out <laughs> if you haven't uh and you'll just uh, i promise you you will enjoy it uh but we're gonna be here every monday grizz 901 that's what we're doing and so with that being said let's go ahead and get into this team the 2021 and 2022 team they are going to be fun I believe that now the training wheels are off. We're about to get pushed on the bike. Mm. And we mm. hope that this Chris team just doesn't bite the dust too many times. <laughs> we know they're going to hit the ground at some point. They're going to scrape up their knees, scrape up their elbows. But I do believe that Zach Kleinman and, and the, the front office they, they've taken the training wheels away and his name was Jonas Balanchunas. So, so Ryan, just off the top. How do you feel about this team? Do you think they are worse, the same, or better overall as a team than
2: last year? You would hope by the return of Triple J for a full season from injury and another year under their belts, guys that were key in a rotation, second-year players like Desmond Bain, um, that they would be better. Um, so I, I know that last year – there were no expectations, and it was everyone was surprised that not only we made the play-in, but actually made the playoffs. Uh, so I believe they have that expectations for themselves. I think Grizzlies fans have that expectation for them. I'm not sure how the general NBA fan what they expect, because I think most people expect them to take a step back by losing JV, their first or second best player last year. Uh, but I don't see how they don't improve. Like Steven Adams, JV is probably not a one-to-one swap just on offense, but you've got Kyle Anderson coming back. Desmond Bain is second year. Xavier Tillman second year. Brandon Clark hopefully has a bounce back year. Another year for John Morant in the NBA after having incredible first round playoff run Dylan Brooks, who was awesome in the first round playoffs. Um, I, I just don't see how this team isn't better a, another year under their belt going through what they went through last year, even though they swapped their first or second best player for Steven Adams. Uh, so my expectations is that they're better. I think most people don't expect much from them, and I think they personally expect to make the playoffs again. Okay.
1: Um, I like that. I think they are, in, in a sense, I think they're the same. And I think we're going to look up at the end of the year and we're practically in the same position as we were last year. Um, and is that a, a good thing or a bad thing if that happened?
2: I think it's fine. Okay. Um, and in a transition year, if you're still, you know, obviously we have 10 more games again, but say for example, they're 38 and what is that? 44. Yeah. I think that's okay. Um, I think to expect 500 or more from this team, like I'm not talking about that kind of increase from a year like that to go from a, what were they? 34 and 38 to all of a sudden above 500 team in an 82 game season. I don't expect that at all, but I could see a 38 to 40 win year for them and actually have that baseline for them on expectations. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think it's fair that we should expect that from this team because they expect that from themselves. Okay. I just, I think this
1: is, this team is a 500 basketball team. I really do. And I'm not saying that, you know, they've outpaced themselves or they've done, you know, better or whatever. I just believe that this team is going to be a 500 win basketball team. I know you said 34 and 38. I know you flip-flopped them. That's what got me scrambling and had me pausing for a second. So if you heard me, I was Googling because I could have sworn they they did better than 500 last year. Um, so I don't know if that was just an honest mistake or you're just a complete Sorry. Idiot. Yeah. Just,
2: yeah, complete idiot. <laughs> no, I, 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 I flip-flopped back reading it. Uh, my uh, What do they call that? Uh, dyslexia? Whatever. I can, Yeah, dyslexia. Yeah. Sorry. You
1: probably can't even spell it right um so um (laughs) definitely can't say it right yeah i know i can't spell or say it uh but (laughs) i i think that this team if you looked at it and they are 500 uh let's say they're 41 and 41 i think that's what i expect i expect it to be a 500 team i think that gets you the eight nine i i I, that's where i believe this team will be um and anything above the eight seed would truly shock me because I just don't think this team is there yet. And I, and, and I believe that the front office decided that they were going to take a step back to make sure that we took a step forward and getting the, the players that they want to get. And that's great. If they pan out, great decision. Uh, if they didn't, you felt like you were the smartest guy in the room and you made a bonehead decision. And that's what it comes down to. Um, I think there's a lot riding on Zire Williams, and I just don't believe he is the player that really that you get, um, you know, jumping up that high and giving what you gave up. Uh, But in the end of the day, this team is going to be somewhat near the exact same team they were last year. So is it a shot worth taking? Maybe it is because they really didn't do much to harm their books. They actually gained uh, draft picks. And so um, you could uh, honestly say that no matter what happened, even though JV was a great player, I do believe that they set themselves up for the future even more. So in the end of the day, they thought they were going to take a step back and they're going to stay the same. So I, I think that's a win in the end. Um, but let's get into a little bit about, you know, training camp is about to be underway. Uh, it's media day. Uh, it's Monday. So it's media day today. And so they will be going through that. You'll hear a lot of stuff coming out. So if you get a chance, follow PR as well as the other people that, uh, do the media. Uh, we will not be there this year. Uh, and so, uh, we had a lot of things going on. We will probably be there next year. Uh, that's my plan. Uh, I've been talking to the front office about it, as well as, uh, me and Ryan have been speaking about it. So, uh, we're gonna, I know this is new, this new podcast, but we're going to make sure we, uh, we plan for it next year, uh, bring you to live, the moon. live coverage. <laughs> All right, Ryan training camp is, uh, getting underway very soon so let's play a game since we're getting into training camp and the Grizzlies currently have 20 people on their roster two guys that are on two ways and that is Killian Tilly and Yves Ponce okay so out of that now we have 18 on the roster signed to the Memphis Grizzlies math can be hard so I want to help you out a little bit you're gonna to have to check you're going to have to cut three guys that I believe that are on the chopping block that are being looked at hard and that are not a shoe in no matter what happens. They're on this team. So let me just read you off some names. Shaq Buchanan, Jared Culver, Chris Dunn, Sam Merrill, and Sean McDermott. Right. Out of those guys, I just read off to you. Three guys are going to definitely either be traded or waived, cut, fired—however you want to say it—they're not going to be with the Memphis Grizzlies. So, give me the three guys that you think will not be a part of this 15-man roster going forward.
2: Well, I hope one of them is uh, Sean McDermott. <laughs> okay. I like what. What's the point? Is why does he even have a roster spot anymore? Um, so, I hope he's one. I'm not really beholden to Sam Merrill too much. I know there's people out there that are. He was fun in college for you know his senior year. Um, I if And Chris Dunn is something I think the Grizzlies are going to try to explore trade for. I don't know if there's a market for him, um, but he's just kind of one of those guys, even if there's no market for him, I think he gets cut too. So by survival of the fittest, I would actually keep Shaq Buchanan, mm. And Jarrett Culver. And I know Shaq is a surprise, but he's been a grinder with the hustle. Um, I believe he's pretty close friends with a couple of the guys at the Grizzlies, um, like Ja. Uh, I believe right. they're both former Murray State um, Racers. alumni. Right. Uh, so I, I could see that being kind of like a popularity contest, if you will, yeah. uh, where they want Shaq on the team with them. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, I uh, I slightly disagree with you. Uh, so I think what happened is these, the Grizzlies decided to, to sign Shaq, um, uh, and as well as Sean McDermott, uh, they signed them to regular, you know, just contracts for the reasoning of they want to pay them for, you know, being, you know, helpful and playing with the hustle and being a part of this team. It probably doesn't hurt the Grizzlies too much to kind of show some goodwill. Uh, especially when you have um, Shaq, who is very close with John Morant, what's going to happen is those two guys will get waived and they'll they'll be signed to the Hustle. So you're going to see Shaq uh, Buchanan as well as Sean McDermott go ahead and go to the Hustle. That leaves us with one guy, and I think at the end of the day, uh, we all know that they trade it for Jarrett Culver. I think he has the highest potential out of all those names we so we, that we discussed. So it's between Sam Merrill. And Chris Dunn. We have what Chris Dunn brings on this team already. I just think that there's no reason to keep him when you have somebody who's like Sam Merrill. They did trade and they trade Grayson Allen for him. Uh, Not exactly for him, but they traded him to get Grayson off the books, to get a draft pick. Uh, but, But at the end of the day, I think Sam can shoot the ball. So why not go ahead and have somebody on this team who really just gives us something we don't have and so that's what i think it comes down to is between sam merrill and chris dunn and out of those the two, grayson allen the grayson allen
2: uh <laughs> yeah keep so the ratios true. as cody would say
1: yeah so true uh but yeah i think that's what it comes down to and so it doesn't get too difficult uh of the decision i think it's Sam Merrill, they keep uh, and Chris Dunn, they, they like as a player, but I don't think you really need him. I, I would rather have 10 times out of 10, give me Tyus Jones as my backup point guard. So I don't see a, a route for, you know, having Chris Dunn on this team. So uh, what are your thoughts? You, I, I know you said you, you thought that they should keep Shaq. Um,
2: you still feel that way? Shaq still? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about players that really don't matter. Like, True. pretty inconsequential to me the 15th yeah. um, Jar- Jarrett culver is a reclamation project they tried it with josh jackson and so jared culver is just another guy they just tried it with justice winslow so right. both those guys are on other teams now both i mean josh jackson was i guess a moderate success story here uh, um but i'm not I, i'm not I don't really care that much, so I'm not going to fight yeah. you over keeping Sam Merrill over Shaq Buchanan. I'm just thinking of the Murray State connection and seems like Ja, Desmond Bain, D'Anthony Milton's boy. So, Yeah.
1: No, I agree. I, I do believe they're good guys, and I think in the end of the day, they gave him a contract to give him more money and to still say, hey, go down to the G League, um, and maybe next year, we, you know, if you show really, you know, continue your growth you're going to get more time down there than you will be as being the 15th man on the roster here, you know, on the, so uh, I, I do think that there's potential, but I don't know. I think it's a very, very low potential that you have Shaq on this team going forward. But, um, but that's all we really have. I just wanted to get into the, a little bit about training camp uh, Many is coming to come out. So we're going to have some stuff on that at some point uh, just kind of going back, but I think we're going to start looking into players and breaking them down uh, going forward. And so we're going to have the training camp. We're going to have a lot of stuff that's going on. There will be some games. So we're getting closer to the season. We're less than a month away. Less than a month. Can you believe that we're, I know we're in football season and I'm just not getting used to football season being back. It's about to be basketball season in less than a month. Are you excited?
2: Mm, 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 mm.
1: That's my response. I don't know if you just, like, ate something really good or what. I wasn't sure. I was still curious. This um, upcoming season is so divine. <laughs> all right.
2: Well, that's all we have for you after that. No uh, no slander on players uh, will harsh my uh, – will dampen my my high of the NBA season coming back.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's going – It's going to be a fun year, and it's going to be exciting. We're still going to make sure we give you a little bit during the week uh, once the season gets started, and so we'll kind of uh, go down that path closer to time, and we'll kind of see what you like. Uh, People have – you've you've downloaded, subscribed, uh, and it's been great. And I've kind of – it was a good change. I know we were with Free Basketball and running our Grizzlies account off of Free Basketball, but now that Free Basketball is on the podcast network, it's going to they're having a show mondays we are on there go check it out if you're checking this out we do talk about the grizzlies and our rival pelicans so if you're listening to this go check out that it's on the leeds podcast network uh but that's all i have so ryan anything you've got before the people
2: no i'm excited to be here every week free basketball chris 901 let's keep this train rolling thanks for listening and continue to subscribe and tell others
1: for sure so go check out uh grizzly grizz underscore lead you can check me out at daniel greer and uh, ryan at rd meadows 11 uh just go follow us uh we're a good follow uh i'm not really but we I, follow back yeah i'll just follow you back i'm not a good follow so uh anyway <laughs> uh that's all we have this week so check us out we're coming back with another one next monday be nice and tell your friends